Three, two, one. Welcome to another episode of the Stoned Apes Podcast. And it is the Reverend and the Captain. Hey, yo. And we are out of the studio today. We are. We are, we are not at home. We're not even in the same state. This is not the Silverback Lounge. <laughs> this is definitely not the Silverback Lounge. No. It smells no, way better than the Silverback Lounge. So we drove all the way up here to St. Louis on the Illinois side yeah. to come visit someone. O'Fallon. O'Fallon. O'Fallon, yeah. Illinois. You should feel so, special. We don't do this for everybody. We, we don't. We, we really don't. So we came up to Victory Men's Health. For those that are live in our area, undoubtedly you have heard of them. They are the largest provider of hormone therapy in the state of Missouri, as far as I know, and probably a few other sure, states. Sure, we'll take it. I'm, I'm sure, because I don't. there's only like a few other players in the game, uh, none that I are familiar with, so that should say a lot. And uh, we are joined by Amy Stuttle. She is the owner of Victory Men's Health, and you're the founder as well, correct? correct. Yep. Absolutely. So thank you for joining us. Thanks for traveling so I can, all the way to Illinois. Missouri people think Illinois is the other side of the world, so I appreciate it. It isn't. So I got to know. Like it. I mean, somewhere around a crossing the bridge, I felt like I was entering the twilight zone. <laughs> so I got to know, you wake up one day and you're like, TRT, there's a there's a, a, a lull in the industry. I'm going to jump into this, this swimming pool. Oh. How did you get to that point? Well, there's a backstory Let's hear to it. that. And it was like a colliding of worlds for me. There was a few things that happened at one time. So I was a medical rep at the time, and I also owned a Pilates and a bar studio in the Edwardsville area. And my husband had taken an over-the-counter supplement, a testosterone booster from a supplement store here in town, and it gave him liver failure. Oh my God. Yeah. So he was hospitalized for months. It was crazy. He lost a ton of weight. His eyes looked like a banana. I mean, he was so embarrassed, so distraught. He only took this supplement for 45 days and it was very eye-opening to... It, it wrecked him that bad. Yes. That's a supplement insane. for 40 An over-the-counter. Yes. Oh, I'm not even surprised. Have you seen the regulations on how they put that stuff together? No. No, these people make this in their basement. Like the, the, yes. the, the illegal substances that are in the supplement industry is ridiculous. Stuff gets pulled off the shelf all the time because it has actual anabolics in it or other chemicals and things that can kill you. That's exactly what happened to him. So he was embarrassed because he he runs a medical company himself. You know, he's an executive level, has a lot of people that report to him. So he felt like he should have known better, right? So he was super embarrassed. Um, but to your point, he took a supplement that had something in it that he was unaware of. When we started to look into it, it came from China, of course. It shipped into the States. It was put together in a garage in Smirnoff, Georgia. The guy also was a bartender as his full-time job. From there, he sold it to, I'm not even kidding you, the handle on this guy's email address was, let's just say his name was John at I'm a pimp daddy supplement guy dot com and then sold it up to <laughs> I know like I tried to not laugh. I, like how? Like you, you can't pimp even daddy make, supplement. I'm stealing that. It, Look, that's an Instagram handle coming. I'm like, this is so ridiculous. And then sold it to another person who packaged it and then it ended up um in our kitchen cabinet, unfortunately. So, so that happened and it, it made me realize like a few different things. It's like one, why don't men want to go to the doctor? Like if you thought your testosterone was low and you needed more energy and you wanted to put on more muscle, why don't we go talk to somebody about it to actually treat the underlying issue here? And then secondly, it was eye opening to the non-regulation that is really happening in the, in the supplement industry and how there are good manufacturing practices, but 
it doesn't mean you really have to follow them if you don't want to, right? Right. Um, and unfortunately, that happened to us. So I had that going on. And then I was also um, involved in a, a leadership event. And I was in Vegas for it. And Tony LaRussa puts it on. He has, it's called a Leaders and Legends. And Tony LaRussa used to manage the St. Louis Cardinals, yeah. for those that don't know. And it's called Pets for Vets. So um, they have leaders in business come in and speak. And then legends from sports and all the money goes to uh, Animal Rescue Foundation that provides uh, dogs and cats to, to vets um, awesome. that have, you know, that need the companion. Right. And and uh, this event covers all the medical for the dogs and cats that these these vets take home. So anyway, I'm at that event and I like vividly remember it was Howard Schultz. He was the founder of Starbucks speaking. And there's only like 100 people that come to this event. It's very small event. So it's very personal. It was Howard Schultz and uh, Walter Robb, who was the CEO of Whole Foods at the time. And they did a panel together and talked about how they got their start and what they did. And they just had a lot of passion behind it. And it was in that moment that I was like, I kind of got this idea. I'm like, why don't I start a men's health clinic? And it, it, and I, I started to get more excited about it while I was out there on, on that flight home from Las Vegas. I put together my business plan. I came home. At this time now, my husband is back to, back to getting normal and feeling healthy. I was like, what do you think if I start a men's health clinic? Do it differently. Have actually have physicians on staff. Do a high-end concept try to break down this stigma where men actually want to be a part of this, where they're not embarrassed to talk about that they come see us. And that's where this whole concept of Victory Men's Health spurred from. Now, how many years ago was that? That's almost eight years ago. Okay. So this was really pioneering in this practice. I mean, eight years ago, there wasn't a whole lot of people that were into hormone therapy. Yeah. If you go back eight years ago, I would say our quote competition would have been, um, clinics that only did testosterone pellet therapy, but they also, they saw men and women there. And then clinics that focused mainly on erectile dysfunction. And, um, in particular, it's called a trimix shot where it's like this little injection in the base of the penis that gives men almost an instant erection. Like you don't need, you need some stimuli stimulation, but it's really for severe ED. And you just shoot and go. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Is that, so, is that a pun? Not to be played with. Not to be played with recreationally. You heard it here. Well, I don't know about that. People do uh, use it recreationally, like the swinger group, and there's certain lifestyles that uh, do use the trimester recreation. Sometimes you just oh gotta God. perform. I'm getting. You know, this is an education I didn't expect to get here. Okay, so continue on. We'll, so, we'll circle back to that later. So, so anyway. Um, Th those types of clinics were very high pressure sales. It felt like it felt very odd. It didn't, it didn't feel like healthcare. So there was definitely a gap in the market um, for us to come in and kind of own the market and have multiple locations and, and stuff like that. So it's worked out well. Now you don't have a medical background then. Well, I was in medical sales, sales and, then my, yeah. and, my, and then my husband uh, runs a sp spine and a brain implant company. So that is the medical side that I, I had just the sales right. aspect but of it. There's no degree in urology. No, there's so no... I'm not a doctor. I'm not a nurse. Um, I had to hire all of all of that. But what I like about that, I, why I wasn't in medical or well, that, didn't, that didn't come out right. What, what was refreshing is that I had a new take on things, right? Like I never worked a day in a medical practice. I, I had no idea what I was doing if I look back in hindsight. But guess what? It forced me to do it differently than what it's been done. And that's ultimately been a blessing and has made us successful. 
Well, all I can say is, what a badass are you? Right. Like, <laughs> That's I, what mean, I was thinking. Damn, you talk about jumping into the the Shark Tank, so to speak, and and really. But I didn't just know that. In. I didn't know I was jumping into the shark tank. Like that's, I think that's the great part about it. If I knew everything that I know now about really running one of these, much less, you know, now four or five of these, I would have been like, whoa, that is a massive undertaking. But I went in just like, oh my gosh, Howard Schultz, he, he came from the trailer park and started Starbucks. I can do this. <laughs> you know, that's how I went into it. Just excited i mean amazon started in a garage exactly yeah. well, all is, good uh, things start and, and there you, except for the supplements yeah, your yeah, locations are obviously of the location here in o'fallon illinois i i go to the one that's in town and country over on the missouri side what other locations do you have so we have o'fallon missouri what we call wing haven we're opening sunset hills right now it's in the build-out process we have embody her health which is a women's clinic where i'm partnered up with a female internist and her husband's a urologist that's here in o'fallon or fairview heights illinois and then i have the building that you're sitting in right now is victory rx it's our telehealth company that we've uh, just launched a few months ago. So you just said women's health. What What are you, I know that's a broad question, but what are you kind of zeroing in on there? Because they don't, I mean, TRT is more male so, so the exact same thing that we do at Victory and Body Her Health is doing for women. So uh, women actually do need testosterone, just not as high of doses, but they need, also need estradiol and progesterone and thyroid and then all the sexual health. I mean, they are extremely underserved in terms of sexual health. I mean, women really struggle um, with with libido issues and they don't really have anybody to talk to. I kind of originally thought, well, women have OBGYNs, but if I really stop and think about that, the OBGYNs are not not treating this and their, their sexual health really goes un, unserved. So it, it gives them a spot to be able to talk about that. And it's important, especially if their uh, partner is a male and it's at victory and he's got himself back together and his drive back that the female um, really needs to have hers um, matching his. So that way there's n no issues in the relationship. Interesting. Yeah, that's yeah. excellent. You know, I think that's a good segue for our listeners out there. The reason why we're having this conversation today and the reason why we felt it was so important to bring this information to you guys is hormone optimization is important for overall health. Correct. You know, and we, we talk a lot about mental health on this channel. We talk a lot about physical health. You can have diet. You can have exercise. You can do your therapies. You can struggle with your depression and deal with things like that. But ultimately, you're fighting a real uphill battle if your hormones are optimized because that leads Correct. to a lot of issues. Would you like to talk about some of the symptoms of having low testosterone and why what you do is so important? Yeah, there's a lot of symptoms of low testosterone that people a lot of times just correlate with. Uh, this is just a part of aging. So um, there are a lot of mood things, either irritability or depression, not motivated. People have a harder time uh, maintaining muscle mass or losing weight. Um, sleep disturbances are a big, big issue. People not getting good quality sleep, um, erection quality, Let's see. Memory. I mean, there's just all I could go on and on. There's a long list of, of side of our impact if you have low, low testosterone. And there's things that uh, are affected that people don't see. Cardiovascular health, nitric oxide production, blood flow. So we're kind of an instant gratification society, right? We want to know what what's the symptom and what is it going to fix? But it does other things besides just fix, fix those uh, symptoms. There's things inside of you that it's also doing to make you healthier. So I'm going to ask the question that I know there's at least like 60% of our audiences out there probably saying right now. Is it steroids? <laughs> I just did a great podcast on this with uh, an attorney named Rick Collins. And 
man, it was it was really good in this in this um, area because he represented. If you go back to the Barry Bonds days, the Balco case of when whenever they were. Um, uh, providing these these uh, medications or, or drugs to the athletes to circumvent the the drug testing that the Olympics and professional sports had in place. But he gave a great answer that I loved. He's like, this is the only substance that has become a schedule three drug because it's performance enhancing because it's positive impact on somebody's body. George Bush, um, you know, put this into effect whenever, um, I think it was a Canadian runner at the time, won, won a gold medal and, um, in the Olympics. And this is when the, when Congress really pushed through banning these substances in professional sports, but because that happened, it definitely gave a negative connotation to, to it. Yes. Is testosterone a steroid? Yes, it is. But why does that have to come with a negative concept? connotation. It, right. it doesn't. Mm -hmm. We've kind of put that on on ourselves or, or the government did or the athletes, what, what, however you want, want to look at it. But athletes were using it for performance enhancing. The everyday person does not have that regulation on them. They can take it. There's there's there should be no condentation um, to taking it because don't you want to be a better version of yourself? I mean, that's how I always look at it. Professional athletes were using it to outcompete, to be the best version of themselves. So if you're the average person that doesn't have to follow the rules of of Major League Baseball, why wouldn't you be doing it? I see it much like the the psychedelic side. You know, if if done in the proper setting with the proper medical advice and a proper dosage, you can do it safely and Absolutely. make it beneficial. This is the same thing. This is not just going to some random dude in the gym that's giving you tests. Like you're getting medical professionals that they'll do blood draws. They'll check your palate. They'll check your tables and tell you, okay, you're high here, low here. Let's try to find something that's good for you. This isn't a standard across the board flat mixture. Like you're literally customizing everything for each individual person that is on a completely just a safe, the safest way possible doing it and the healthiest way to do it too. Oh man, I can't speak on that enough. So, you know, I think the audience knows and you know, obviously that I used to do a fair amount of steroids back I, in the I day. I was right there with you. I can't imagine. Um, but, uh, it doesn't show at all, but, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, it really, it doesn't, I should be a lot bigger. Uh, but anyway, bro science is what it is, right? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. And bro science really screwed me up. Uh, I ended up with an enlarged prostate as a result of steroid use and abuse, not having the right education. And that left me, uh, I want to tell a background story for audience and for you, because I think this is important to educate the clinics. So one of the things that's so special about what you guys do at Victor Men's Health is you guys are really in a niche market. And I had tried to get treated for low testosterone uh, when I was with the VA. And so I go to the VA and they test me for low testosterone. And at that time, I think I was in my late 20s, like probably probably 28 or 29, I had a score. My testosterone level was like a 420 and uh, I fell within the range, right? Yeah. They were like, oh, it's not a 300 and it's not a 1200. So you're probably good to go. And um, the problem with that scale is that that 300 is for a 90 year old man, right? not a 29 year old man. And my levels were obviously low, but I had no way to get treated. And then fast forward down the road, I ended up with an enlarged prostate from steroid abuse um, because I didn't understand how to take it and the proper way to take it. My cycles in between shots and things like that were too much. I went on a cycle of Anavar, which 
ex- exponentially increased right. it might and and that is probably what did it yeah um and then uh so i i fast forward another 10 years down my life after going to the va getting treated for an enlarged prostate all of this stuff and then a, a good friend of mine uh back when i lived in farmington missouri he's a doctor and a primary care physician and a good one a really good one and i started talking to him about hormone replacement therapy and he was so uneducated in the field he was like you'll never be able to go on it you have an enlarged prostate this is going to cause cancer this is going to do all this stuff he had told me about what type of protocol to take and then he was saying you're going to take a shot once a week or once every other week and you know it was the standard stuff so um i knew just enough from bro science that what he was telling me wasn't right right and he i was like you know here is people that are very qualified professionals at what they do but this is such a niche that they don't know anything right. about it so i decided uh, many years ago four years ago that i was going to go find an expert and that's when i found your your clinic and i looked it up online i talked to some people that i knew that were customers of yours and i came in here and wow have i been impressed wait so how'd you find us just the google or I found it through a couple of ways. One, I Googled you. Uh, two, uh, I so I've been in the mixed martial arts community for a really long time. I did Muay Thai and Jiu-Jitsu and mixed martial arts, and I've done that for the better part of like 16, 17 years. At it's, least. It's been, it's a, been minute. a minute. It's been a minute. I'm a long timer. Uh, <laughs> and so I know a lot of people in the community, but I am also older. I'm 42. So... Um, at that time, you know, I would have been, you know, 38, but there's a, that's old in the martial arts world, you know? And so when I reached out to some of the old timers and I was like, Hey, you know, you're kind of fit, you take TRT. And then they were like, yeah. <laughs> and then I was like, okay, so that's the secret of why you're killing me over here. And, uh, and then I would say, where do you go? And they would say victory. And they all said victory. And so I started researching you guys a little bit more and I finally made the decision. And then, um, you know, the first time I called up and, and I don't want to misspeak cause I know the way things used to be. So if I say something wrong, just correct okay. me. They're used to that. My audience <laughs> always hears me just talk and put my foot in my mouth. Um, but when I came here, one of the things that was the biggest turn on is I paid $99 to come in for that first consult and that got my blood work done, which immediately gives me like, here I am. This is what I've got. I, I know where my levels are at. I know what's going on. And then the second time that I come up, I get not just explained my bud work, but you guys did a full body panel on me. You did BMI. You looked at all of my like height, weight, proportions. You went through my blood work. You talked about treatment options. You gave me like four or five different ways to possibly go. Um, you educated me on the endocrine system. And, and when I would like to talk about that a little bit later, but like how it goes down the chain and why holistic uh, balance of hormones and, and certain types of things, like, you know, DHEA and progenolone and all that is important. And I didn't know any of that prior to that. And uh, I was so impressed by that. And then to be able to get the medicine, which is actually very affordable. Yep. Um, you know, I cannot believe it's as affordable as it is. Uh, I was really worried about that going on. I thought it was going to be like $400 a month, <laughs> Yeah. you know, and when I came in and they were like roughly, you know, I know everybody's protocol is different, but mine's about $400 every three months. And if I purchase longer sets, it's a little bit less than that, which you compare that to the supplement industry. Right. These guys, I was dropping three, $400 For a sure. month at GNC with no problem at all. For sure. For stuff that, like you said, is poison that 
possibly doesn't work. And uh, being able to find you guys, to find that resource, and then to be able to have those labs included with the treatment, because that is one of the things. I, I coach people a lot with health and fitness now, especially with diet and nutrition. And and you know as well as I do, I've listened to enough of your podcast on nutrition that the, the problem with the nutrition space and, and a little bit with the hormone space, but there are so many different dogmatic cycles <laughs> that people want to get on that it's yeah. really difficult to know the truth. But one of the things that I really preach to people is, is you have to get your blood work done because not just have I been monitoring my hormone levels through you guys, but I'm monitoring my diet changes, my exercise changes, my lifestyle changes. And I'm looking at that blood work and I'm very specifically dialing stuff in. If I make a change for three months and my blood work's all screwed up, I'll go back to the drawing board and say, Hey, you know, maybe I need to cut this. Maybe I need to do that. Uh, you guys helped me, uh, find out things that I would never have found on my own, for example, like DHEA. I uptake DHEA really well. So when I first started, they were like, take one pill a day. And then my levels were through the roof. And uh, then you eventually, you guys got me down to where three days a week. How would I ever figured that out on my own? Right. I would have been taking that pill seven days a week thinking that this is the end all be all. And my levels would have been way out of balance, which causes harm. And uh, then being able to to find out like I need to take this specific supplement three days a week to maintain optimum hormone levels. And the way that you guys dialed that in, I, I've been, a, uh, uh, I've been very thankful for what this business does and the services that it provides. Well, we appreciate you as a patient. And that was just a great testimonial that I need to clip out and, and use. You're welcome. <laughs> you the copy. Um, but are you on injections or cream? So I started on cream and then I moved to injections. I am one of the weird ones. I actually didn't like the cream. Um, I know a lot of people out there that really like it. I, I will say for me, um, I have an enlarged prostate. And uh, it's still enlarged, even with the TRT. It's it's a little bit better, but it's mostly genetic, probably. My dad has a history of it. He had an enlarged prostate in his early 20s. And then uh, I'm sure my steroid abuse didn't help. And then now it's something that I still deal with. Um, but for me, the cream, uh, the half-life of the cream was too short. And so what would happen is if I missed a dose or if I had a, a bad schedule thing and I had to go six or seven hours or, or 10 hours or worse the next day, I was seeing major fluctuations in my testosterone level, yeah. which was giving me inflammation and prostate symptoms. So I switched over to the injection. Uh, it was easier for my schedule to maintain because I'm a pretty disciplined person and I was pretty disciplined with the cream, but there's just life happens. How many days a week are you injecting with the cream or with the injections? Uh, I do two injections a week. Okay. Yeah. I, uh, I split it exactly at two and a half or whatever it ends up being three and a half days. Uh, so I do uh, Wednesdays at 11 p.m. And then I do Sundays at 11 a.m. so that I can keep that. And then I just take my weekly dose and split it in two. Yeah, and then okay. just maintain it that way. Yeah, and the biggest thing between when choosing between cream and injections is what is the patient going to be complying on, right? Like at the end of the day, that is the most important thing when making your decision because we know that they both work. And mm. then it comes down to what are the patients going to be complying oh, on? I would say a lot of it's lifestyle. Yeah. I am a, um, I'm a very busy person. So uh, I've been a business owner for many years, kind of like yourself. Uh, and so I had owned multiple businesses, which means that my schedule is always kind of erratic. And my biggest issue is, is like, I don't wake up every day at the same time. 
I don't go to bed every day at the same time. I may not be home every day at the same time. So there was a lot of inconsistency for me. It's like, you know, if I say I'm going to take this at 8 a.m., but let's say my last night went until four or five in the morning or whatever, maybe it was a big work project. Maybe I don't wake up until one. And so I started to have a lot of issues with that where the injections work easier for me because I can set a reminder on my phone and then two days a week I can be there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can make it happen. Maybe let's talk about the testosterone ranges that you mentioned, because a lot of patients deal with this, like whenever they go see their primary care doctor or the VA. So there's a testosterone reference range. And let's just say you went to LabCorp Quest. It's typically somewhere in that 250 range to 800-ish. Now, Every lab's a little bit different. So I'm just saying approximately your total testosterone range that you're going to see on the lab for quote normal 250 to 800 ish. Really the most important testosterone level to really be looking at is your free testosterone. But that's not always ran in a primary care setting or even a VA setting. People are coming to us a lot of times just with a, with a total testosterone level, but their biggest frustration with it is, is I have these symptoms. You know, I told my doctor, I, I have no motivation. I'm, fa- I'm fatigued. I'm putting on weight. What, what am I going to do? But I'm he, he or she says I'm quote normal. Well, I, I don't want to like pile on the primary care doctor because in all fairness to them, they've, you know, had training on this what, maybe 20 years ago for one day. I mean, it's like a, a blip on the radar for what they deal with on a day to day. I mean, they're seeing people that are very, very sick with all kinds of ailments. Unfortunately, the way our hospital system is today, they are jammed in with so many patients on a, on a day to day basis. It's super, it's a super stressful um, lifestyle that they live. So when, when a guy comes to them complaining about, you know, their sleep being off and feeling and feeling fatigued and, and gaining some weight, it, it's not really, it's not really that high of a priority, right? You know, they're, they're, they might go to other lifestyle changes. The second problem is, is that they're in an insurance based model. And insurance companies make it very, very difficult to get on hormones and and actually get reimbursement for it. I mean, they have a lot of loopholes that they want you to do. They want you to draw your blood twice in the morning. Um, they they want to have they have all these guidelines of what they want you to fall into, and it's very difficult to get your your testosterone covered. So a lot of times these guys are going there, they fall in this quote normal range, and they either give up or. Hopefully they come see us, but we, we know, cause we talk to enough people out in, out in the community. A lot of people don't know that there's, there's an alternative cause they think they're quote normal, but that range isn't age specific. So to your point, what you said, you could be, you know, a 70 year old man or a 30 year old man, and you're all falling into that range, you know? So it, no, it's not normal for a 30 year old man to have a testosterone level of 250. Is that maybe normal for a 70 year old? Yeah, Maybe. But you know what we see in our clinic? If we have a father-son come and see us, the father always has a higher testosterone level than the son. So it's very interesting because the father wasn't exposed to all the same chemicals that that, that their, their son has been exposed to at this point in time, that the, what's in our food, it's in our water system. So it's very interesting to see that the testosterone decline in younger men from what we see is happening quicker than what it happened into 
to men that are that are older. So it's very interesting. To I'm see. so glad you mentioned that because that was something that I was hoping that we would get to. The hormones and the chemicals and everything in the food today. Nutrition is a big part of of, of lower testosterone and, and things. And like it's that. hard to get it's hard to get get away from it. It really is. We're getting bombarded from a hundred different directions on this, but you you do have to make better lifestyle decisions, and there can be some easy ones that you make. A, a big one is water. Drinking out of plastic water bottles is just a, a no-go. I mean, the, the plastic leaches an estrogen-like chemical into the water, and then we're drinking it. So your body is confused because because of, because of you giving it that estrogen-mimicking um a so, beep. so no that would shit. be that would be any drink that came in a plastic bottle. Anything. Even oh, even I, coffee, you know, they have the plastic cups on them and it it's heating up. And people might think, well, oh, my plastic water bottle isn't getting hot. I picked it up at the store and I brought it home and it's fine. No. How did that crate of water get to the grocery store? On some massive semi that you have no idea how long it sat hot how how long it sat in the warehouse until it ended up in the shelf so just picking it up at a grocery store and then immediately going home and putting it in your fridge still does not cut it oils are even worse like if you're using oils that are in plastic that plastic leaches into that oil even more so that it does does water but it's the it's the heat that causes the problem so never drink out of a hot water bottle in the car do not give your kids um the you know the sports drinks in the plastic when they're when they're going to play on a hot soccer field so this is kind of interesting i've heard this before i think cheryl crow was a big one that she blamed her cancer on drinking bottles of water that were left in her car from being hot but i never heard it anyone tell me that it would lower that it increases estrogen levels and, and causes that issue that is fan that's and, fascinating and it might not even increase your your estrogen levels it's just that your body thinks it's receiving estrogen uh. but it's fake it's mimicking it, so your body's confused. But it's take the cell or the the receptors taking it in like it, like it is estradiol or estrogen, but it's not. So it it, it throws kind of what you talked about, like almost like this um, effect that happened. Like everything has to be in sympathy or uh, synchrony. Um, that can throw off the whole the whole hormone process for you. Well, that was one of the things that I was most impressed about. And, and I guess maybe impressed, but satisfied with. So I follow the TRT hormone and optimization group. And I know that you had them on your podcast. Uh, oh yeah. Dr. Grant. Yeah. Absolutely. Fantastic podcast, by the way. Um, and I'm a big fan of that group because there's a lot of information in that group that you don't find other places. Right. And one of the things that helped give me a little bit of faith and confidence in the clinic is that most of the information that I got for the clinic matches what I was finding out yeah. there. But uh, I was surprised when I first came to you, I think my testosterone levels were right around 400, like 390. And then my estradiol was somewhere in the 50s. And so uh, it was an immediate concern. And then I was put on dim and kind of get that balance out. But now um, my TRT levels fluctuate somewhere between like 1100 and 1400 or whatever. I, I think that for me, because I don't have symptoms, that's probably was more of a natural range for me yep. uh, because I don't have any side effects associated with those elevated levels. Um, but I also have an estradiol that's very similar to what I had when I started, but you guys have taught me that it's all about balancing those hormones. Yep. They work in ratios. Do you want to talk a little more about that? Yeah, for sure. So 
you know, we don't we don't treat a number. We're, we're treating symptoms, right? So if, if your numbers, you feel good at 1,100 to 1,400, that's great. You know, other people might feel good at 800. Other people might be 1,500. So it's important to know, like, you know, for the guys listening, like, don't just like run home and look at your labs and see what your number is and try to correlate it to your to your own health. It's it's specific to you. And then also we talk in terms of total testosterone mainly just because the average person understands that. Um, but free testosterone is really the most important because it's actually what's circulating, you know, in your bloodstream that your body's actually working with. And that's impacted by something called sex binding gobulin, SHBG. And we also test that to make sure that it's not like binding up your um, conversion from total testosterone to free testosterone. But then also your estradiol is also important. It's a, it's a byproduct of testosterone. And you do have some clinics that are blocking that conversion from happening, that you take something called an, an AI, an aromatase inhibitor. Uh, the brand name is anastrozole that people would use. And they use this to block, uh, suppress your estrogen. And we, we do not do that here. We do not believe in that. Um, we believe that it's a natural conversion that you should allow happen. And there's actually a lot of information and studies coming out that, um, that the benefit people receive from testosterone actually could be estradiol is why they're, why they're actually feeling better. Now, I'll be honest with you. If you go back six years, were we blocking estrogen back then? Yes, we were. But as soon as the literature came out and, and we do a ton of continuing education, we go to, it's one of our top priorities here. We probably go to four or five different continuing education things a year. Once the literature started to come out of how important estradiol was, we immediately stopped um, prescribing anastrozole. And we believe if you're quote trying to control your your estradiol levels, you can do you can do that through how you're administering your testosterone, whether it be more frequently switching from testosterone to creams, creams are creams to injections, injections to creams, whatever it may be. Everybody has their unique makeup, but uh, that's the approach that we take more so than um, blocking estradiol. It's definitely important for men to have estradiol or estrogen, whatever, you know, sometimes people use that word interchangeable. That's fine for uh, the average person. We can do that. Um, So, yeah. Yeah. I thought that was a a very important part of my education because as my estrogen levels changed, I physically changed and I felt different. I know that when I got my uh, estrogen levels too low, like I started to see some sexual issues. Oh yeah. That's probably the number one thing. Yeah. If you crash out your estrogen, um, erectile dysfunction can, can become an issue or the, or the drive for sure. So, um, another reason why not to want to do it but that 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 became that was bro science that started that it was it was the those bodybuilders don't care that's what a lot of people don't realize is they'll get their testosterone levels up to three thousand, and then they'll smash their their estrogen level their estradiol level and they don't care if they have ed that's not their that's not their primary function their primary function is just to be as big as humanly possible right you know and we make all these assumptions that all this guy must be you know have the sex drive of this or that but that isn't the case nope you're 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 dead on they want their typically they want their estradiol crashed out because they think that makes them you know leaner gets them more cut whatever it may be oh it, uh, it does yeah when my estrogen was low and i was on dim and i took a daily dim i would wake up every morning and like the fat was just going away <laughs> and then i was like oh look at this this is amazing <laughs> and it was great until the ed happened and then i was like not so great anymore not yeah, so great and, anymore and, and, and dim's rewind a- rewind <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we had some in-depth conversations man it it, it, it spiraled him 
Oh, it was yeah. bad. Yeah, I, I, well, we can talk about that a little bit later because there were some therapies that I went to you guys that helped with that. But a lot of that was just getting my hormones regulated yeah. right back and, and not understanding what was happening. And uh, once I got that right, but you had mentioned free testosterone. So I started doing zinc and boron in the evenings to free up my free testosterone. And I think my levels were at like seven to 900. And then it went up at one point, it was like as high as 1500. And I will tell you that I cannot tell the difference between having a 700 level of testosterone versus a 1500, but I can absolutely tell you the difference in my free testosterone levels. And when I started freeing more free testosterone up, and, and I think the scale has changed, and I'm not a scientist, so I don't know, but I think that the number that I was shooting for at that time was like a 25 or a 26. Um, now they, they have a little bit of a different scale with three numbers instead of two. But when I first started... Uh, TRT, my free was down in like the 10 or 11 range. And then I think it was on the TRT boards that they recommended that it'd be above like a 22 or 23. And then when I hit that magic number between 22 and 26 is when I really started to actually feel better. Like I felt like I was on testosterone yeah. and awesome. I didn't feel it before. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I, lo I love to hear that. And it's like when it, when it can change somebody's life, which if you go to our Google reviews and you look, we have like almost a thousand Google, just Google reviews, not counting the Facebook and Yelp. I mean, this, the stories that men will get on there and tell us about how it changed their lives. Like there's, there's nothing that makes me happier. Right. Because one, it's hard to get a guy to leave a Google review. And then two, it's difficult in, in the healthcare space for somebody to want to get up there and talk about it. And then three, if they're talking about potentially even sexual health, to, to feel confident enough to go leave that on um, Google, it, our staff loves it, and we know that what we're doing um, is making a huge impact on people's lives. Well, I think it's important for the audience to understand that when you optimize your hormones, you know, I was a shit show before I came to you guys. I was 70, 80 pounds overweight. Uh, I had a lot of mental health issues. Now, I still maintain that after testosterone, but, you know, that's where I got the therapy and, you know, the other healing modalities like psychedelic therapy and stuff like that, yeah. which just corrected that. But... The level of depression that I had before, the lack of energy, the trouble sleeping, the irritability, um, the the weight gain, you know, and that's what I didn't realize until after I had done testosterone for a while that the more body fat you have, the more estrogen you produce, the more estrogen you produce, the more body fat that you retain. And so, you know, when I had a low testosterone level of like 400 and then I had a high estradiol of 50, well, I was just packing fat on. I'm fighting a never ending game. And so the best part for me by optimizing my hormones was I felt like I started getting the actual benefits of the work that I was putting in. Now, all of a sudden, my diet started mattering. Now, all of a sudden, my workouts mattered. Before, it was like I was uphill battle the whole time, where now it's exactly the opposite. If I put whatever I put in, I get out. Where before, I could put 100% in, and maybe I'd only get 40 or 50% of the results. And I think it's also important for the medical provider to know what profession uh, the patient's in, because... Um, one, especially military guys. I mean, you guys are a driving alpha males. Like what really was your testosterone levels when you were you know, in your twenties? I mean, ridiculous. Yes. And you know, say like <laughs> when you professional athletes and stuff, when these people, when people are at that level, it's like more than likely they're, they have really high testosterone levels. But then when you're in that career and in that profession with all the big uh, cortisol 
you know, up and down and these dopamine dumps and stuff, it just wrecks your hormones. So because you're always in this flight or flight state, um, it, it does wreak havoc on your hormones. So then you show up to us and your T levels are, you know, only a couple hundred. Yeah, you probably do need to run a higher T level because that's what your body was used to when you were in your prime. And like, let's get you back, get to back feeling how you, how you used to be. Yeah, and, so, that, and that's important for not just optimal health but also anti-aging yes oh yeah yeah the big big for anti-aging it's you are not going to um age the way you want to if you do not optimize your hormones men and women and um you know if you have if you have female listeners on the show there's probably not a single female that has birthed a child that is walking around with optimal hormone levels so i i want to point that out because it's important that they're getting their levels checked as well yeah absolutely yeah i think it's amazing that you're working both sides of that that you're not just working with men, but you're working with women. And, and hormone optimization is so important to physical and mental health that it, it should be uh, it should be something that's for everyone, not just for men. Because, you know, I always cringe every time I, I see women that they get the hysterectomies and they have to go in the lifetime hormones and all this stuff. And it's like, oh, man, you know, I feel so bad that they've been put in that space to where, you know, there's such an uphill challenge for having those regulated hormones. And, it, and it's important to, you know, not just aging well, but if, if they don't go on hormones, it's increasing their risk for breast cancer, a cardiovascular event, heart attacks and strokes, UTIs. I mean, that's typically what kills people in nursing homes, these, these UT, reoccurring UTI infections. Like, there are so many reasons that people need to be on hormones, and it is not just about body composition. Well, we had talked about it a little bit earlier, and I actually listened to this in the podcast that you did with uh man i keep forgetting his name not gill dr grant dr grant there we go and uh you were you talked to him about because he's a urologist a board urologist and then he said that uh you you kind of uh uh, dispelled the myth that trt causes prostate cancer or causes increase in prostate inflammation you want to talk on that a little bit yeah you know unfortunately that came that myth got started, I mean, going back, and I think it was in the 60s by a, a study done by a guy named Hutchinson's, but it was only done on like three men. And they made this correlation that testosterone um, causes prostate cancer. And that stuck with men for decades in our healthcare system. And it wasn't probably until the last 15 or so years that they do, they dug into this Dr. Morgenthaler out of Harvard um, and he's with the Mayo Clinic now really dug into this and started to uh, study this to show that testosterone does not cause prostate cancer it's actually low testosterone that increases your risk for prostate cancer or mask your prostate uh, cancer Um, so the best way to describe it is like if you have a full-grown plant okay and you dump water on it can you make that grow any bigger if it's already full size? If you just keep dumping water on it? No, you can't, you can't make it grow anymore. So with testosterone, his analogy, he uses that because the, the prostate is already saturated by testosterone. If you just give that prostate more, 
it's not going to cause that cancer to grow more. Those receptors are already saturated. And his level that he's found is 200 at 250 that all your testosterone receptors in your, in, in your prostate have already been um, saturated. So giving your body additional testosterone is not going um, to increase uh, that prostate cancer. But sometimes guys come in with a prostate um with the T level under that 250, while it's rare, but if you give them testosterone and they had a, they had a cancer hiding in there, it could expose that your PSA could jump a little bit. And honestly, that's a blessing, right? Cause that, that prostate cancer has been sitting in there hiding and now it alerts us and you can, and you can, um, treat it. But we, we test the men's prostate because men uh, either don't have a baseline for their, for their PSA. Um, or like we talked about at the very beginning of the podcast, men don't want to go to the doctor. So they put it off, put it off and never went to the doctor and got a PSA. So we're getting, um, a PSA on, on all our patients at their very first appointment. And we follow that, um, the whole time, the entire time that they're, they're a patient of ours, but yeah, it's, it's definitely an unfortunate myth, um, that's been associated with testosterone. And I think for the most part, people are, are becoming aware that that's, that's no longer true. Uh, it's, it's taken a while to, to break through that, but definitely Dr. Grant is a big, um, advocate and does a great job at educating uh, people about that. Absolutely. Well, I'll tell you what, one of the things that, uh, and I'm going to kind of go a little bit further than testosterone for a little bit, because I think that that's one of the things I want people to know too, is that you guys do more than just testosterone. Uh, when I first started getting here, you guys offer a lot of supplements. Like I mentioned the DHEA, um, you, you did the pregnenolone, which you want to talk a little bit about the endocrine system and why some of those downstream things are important. So yeah, hormones are like a sympathy, a symphony. Why? I think I've said that wrong (laughs) twice today. It's okay. It's all right. I do it all the time. Um, you know, so they, so they, all have to work in harmony of one another, but let's just talk about the supplements for a second. Since my husband had such a poor experience, we use pharmaceutical grade, uh, supplements here. So it's not made in a garage. They are not made in a garage. (laughs) So, um, I, I just want to point that out here. Uh, it was, a it was important to us. We didn't, we didn't carry supplements when we first started and we were sending people to Walgreens and CVS. And then we quickly realized like, why are we doing this? Cause they would call back. What's the dosing? What's the brand? We come like, Oh my gosh. Well, not only that on the business side, you're giving away the money. Yeah. We're spending the time talking about it in the consultation and we're right. giving, and we're giving CVS the revenue, Right. but then they would take something and it wasn't working. And we quickly realized like, we need to make sure we're providing a high quality supplement to the patients. So, so now we, um, so now we offer it, but, but to your point, yes, there's other, there other hormones like DHEA and pregnenolone and DHEA sits at the top of the hormone chain. It's, it's considered the mother of all hormones, um, which means it has downstream effect on all your other hormones. Hormones. So that is a hormone that we look at, and it's just a simple um, oral supplement that you're taking, correct, um, correct. for it. And to your point, um, you might not need to take it every single day. You're taking it every third day, but it is important that that your providers looking at all your hormones, not just testosterone. You know, there there's a there's a lot of different things that come into play here. Well, you guys taught me a lot about too, like when uh when I was on the dim and I lowered my estrogen and I ended up with the ED. Um, then it was like, I got educated about nitrous oxide. You want to tell our audience what nitrous oxide is and why that's so important? Because that is a supplement that I maintain even today, regulating my nitrous oxide levels. Cause I didn't realize how important that was to overall, not just physical health, but sexual health. Yeah. So 
to point out, we don't even do dim here anymore. Like we, we've gotten completely rid of dim because we feel like that you can manage, you can manage anything that you need to manage simply by how you dose, um, a guy's testosterone level. So we've, we've ixnade that too. So we kind of went anastrozole, cut that, went to dim, which was a natural product, cut that. Now we don't do it. We don't do it, do any of that anymore, but nitric oxide, that's one of our favorite supplements that we take. Um, Nitric oxide is a, a chewable pill that you take. Are you taking the Neo 40? Uh, the, no, I actually started. Yeah, I started taking it in a different form. Okay. Um, I do it through a, uh, I have a pre-workout supplement that has okay. L-citrulline and L-arginine in it that are boosters, but it doesn't have any stimulants. And so, and I had found one that I made sure was tested. Okay. Shout out to LabCorp <laughs> out there. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I found a different product just because uh, the I wanted a higher level for me. I, I keep my uh, L-citrulline and L-arginine levels around five grams a day. And, and that's why I went that direction. Okay. So we use um, a chewable, I should say it's a lozenger. Technically, technically you uh, suck on the product. Um, it's, it's called Neo 40. We also use a brand that Dr. Nathan Bryan created, but nitric oxide is needed for it's, it's used in every cell of your body, number one, but in particularly for blood flow. Um, it, it's, it's, was patented. Let's see how, when did they, when did they create that patent on this? Um, hmm. I don't know. I can't think of it off the top of my head, but anyway, um, it's, it's a game changer in health. Everybody should be taking a nitric oxide supplement and there's things that we're doing in our day to day that are crushing our nitric oxide levels. And that is, um, fluoride toothpaste um, because you need your oral microbiome and you need that bacteria in your mouth to be able to convert the nitric oxide and the fluoride and the antiseptic mouthwashes um, both crush crush that bacteria and so your body cannot convert uh, the nitric oxide so if you're using those two products on a day-to-day -day basis you need to eliminate that um, another way to try to naturally increase your nitric oxide levels is through like leafy eating like arugula or uh, beets those types of those types of um, product or those types of foods also increase your nitric oxide levels and nitric oxide. Uh, since we talk a lot of sexual health here, uh, Viagra and Cialis needs nitric oxide to work. Okay. Your body has to maintain those nitric oxide uh, levels for your erection to, to stay there. Um, so we, a lot of times, if, if guys are using Viagra and Cialis, we recommend using a nitric oxide supplement because that's already telling us that you do not have optimal nitric oxide levels. If you are having uh, issues maintaining uh, the erection. So you, you don't take the supplement at the exact same time. I do just want to asterisk that because I do have that on the, on the instructions of of the nitric oxide supplement that we use but it is really important that you have optimal nitric oxide levels um, while using those products so you're going to get the best benefit out of them but hands down i would say like nitric oxide is one of my favorite products and it might be because it's a, che a chewable or a lozenger and i don't have to take i don't have to swallow a pill because i'm like one of those people that i can work on my supplements all day right taking them like one pill at a time here i go but the but i think that the nitric ox oxide supplement actually uh, tastes good and i had the guy that created i um, was part of this patent on this product and i don't know why i'm blanking of when this happened but anyway um, dr nathan bryan i did a podcast with him and he has a lot of great information on nitric oxide. And this is probably an area that is uh, people are undereducated on is nitric oxide. And um, every single person 
more than likely needs it for cardiovascular health, overall health, vision, blood flow, you name it, skin, nitric oxide is you should be taking it. Absolutely. I agree. It's been a, it's been a huge thing for me. And I started with the Neo 40 and then I moved on and uh, started experimenting with L-Organine. And I think another part of that story is, too, um, at that time, my gut health wasn't perfectly regulated yet. And so I suffered from acid reflux a lot. And so the Neo 40 gave me a little bit of heartburn. And then when I went to the L-Organine, uh, the L-Organine was a well, I think it was. Yeah, L-Organine was giving me really bad heartburn. And then I switched to L-Citrulline because it's a little bit easier on the stomach and it didn't bother me as bad. Since I fixed that, though, I've been able to go back to the L-Arginine. So maybe I should revisit the Neo 40 and try that again. Yeah, because sometimes your body has a, issues converting that into actual nitric oxide. You know, I don't want to end up down the rabbit hole of that, but the providers could get more into that um, with you at some point if you want to have them on the on the podcast. But so sometimes, you know, we want patients to be cognizant of not just picking up an L-Arginine or an L-Citrulline um, product because there's some products on the market that don't that don't work the way that they should right there's not the proper conversion yeah yeah well i'm just glad that you guys offer all of that i know that you guys also and i don't want to necessarily get into it too much on this podcast but I, i'm sure in a follow-up podcast we can talk about men's fertility and then we can talk about products like hcg and why yep. that stuff is important because i think there's a lot of people that don't think you can still have kids if you're on trt and that isn't always the case right um yeah, some of those in the weed conversations I like for my providers because I'm not I'm not a medical provider, so I don't want people to you know uh, misconstrue that. But they are the ones actually seeing the patients every single day and in in the weeds. Um, I used to whenever we opened, I was the patient coordinator for three years and I was interacting with the patients every single day. Unfortunately, now with the scale of our business, I don't get to do the fun stuff. <laughs> I'm um, I, I get to go to all the conferences and um, you know I do the podcast, but I'm stuck kind of managing the day-to-day -day business that is now the fun stuff what are you <laughs> which part about? the day-to-day the, -day? the, 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 no the going to the conferences and doing oh, yeah, the podcast no, no that's it's not as fun as being in in the room with the patients though oh, yeah fair. the i mean the amount of information that you glean from actually being in the in the patient rooms and with working side by side with the providers every single day like I really miss that and I'm very grateful that I did that for three years because it helped me scale the business understand the patients better um, understand labs how, what how the patients are interacting with our providers any sticking points that they have it, it was extremely helpful and it's like the staff will laugh whenever if they listen to this and hear it because it's like the number one thing that I always complain about. I'm like, I want to go back in the rooms with the patients. <laughs> Let me in. <laughs> um, well, I want to talk about the entrepreneurial side. You know, doing a startup today is is very hard, and people don't understand the the struggles of the day to day. At how long was it until you're like, okay, I made the right decision, made the right move, I made it. Worked Never it, worked regretted. Set. Never regretted it for one single second. No but kidding. Like, yeah, um, I. I've always had an entrepreneurial spirit. Um, and I, you know, had the gym at the time whenever I opened uh, this business. But I think I operate kind of like in a fear based mindset. Yep. And there's like no option but being successful. Absolutely. Like I just the the thought of failing would would just never be an option or, or quitting would never be an option. So yeah, I like just grind it out and I love it. <laughs> Spoken like a true entrepreneur. <laughs> Well, you've seen her like uh, manifest board in there, right? Yeah, that. Let's talk about that. So, I do the same thing. Um, a few people that I, I'm in sales as well. I'm a commercial insurance side, but 
a lot of people don't realize the power of visually visually seeing a goal every single day when you're doing your grind. And yes. that's genius. Yeah, I I got turned on to that because I watched an Oprah episode where she talked about the secret. I don't know if you well, you guys probably weren't Oprah listeners or watchers. I'm very familiar with the secret. <laughs> okay, so she did a she did a story on the book The Secret, and I remember I was probably in high school at the time or or maybe even grade school whenever she when she did this episode and I remember watching that episode and it like it instantly resonated with me and I started making vision boards I I know for sure I was already making them in high school and whenever I was getting married and moving out my mom called me to come clean out the room and under the bed I had all these vision boards I was like, oh my gosh, well, like I pull them out and I start to look at these things and what I had put on there and reminiscing. And one of the photos on there was a picture of a gorgeous house down at the Lake of the Ozarks. And in college, I worked for Anheuser-Busch and I was a bud select girl. Talk about a good nice. job. Like, <laughs> freaking getting a swimming suit and get people to give me their Miller Lite in place of Bud Select. August Bush had a yacht down we, there. We need time. a photo of that. We're going to make this the <laughs> podcast photo. We need a picture of you as a Bud Select girl for the podcast. Yeah, on, on August's yacht down at the lake. It was really tough with five five girlfriends from college. But anyway, when we were on that boat one night, I took a picture of this house because it was all lit up and it was it was beautiful. And if you've ever been to like those arcs, you know that like every house down there is beautiful, right? right. So the fact that I took a picture of this house um, is is interesting, right? So I take a picture of this house and I stick it on my vision board. So when I look at that vision board, I'm like, wait a minute, I know that house. So fast forward, that guy was going to be in our wedding in a couple of weeks. No. I knew the owner. I ended up meeting and knowing the owner of that house and he was in our wedding so I was like whoa I, I didn't manifest that home but I manifested a person into our lives like it was wild it's crazy so um so after that I was like wow talk about um believing in 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 vision boards and how you can manifest it maybe in a different form than what your original intention is so I do vision boards every year. Um, our staff does vision boards as well. But I believe that if you're going to do a vision board, it has to be in front of you. You have to look at it. It has to be a constant reminder. It's not something you go, you know, hide and never look at or something that you're embarrassed of. The universe is only going to give you what you're able and want to receive. So you have to be proud of your goals and proud of what you're what you're looking for. And I'm not talking about posting this crap on Instagram and look at me and this is what I'm doing. I'm talking it can be you can be proud and still keep it private and, and show it in your own personal office or your home or I your agree bathroom or, or whatever it is. Yep. So yeah, so. The, the law of attraction is real, isn't it? Yes. It, yeah. It's, it's very real. And sometimes people think it sounds like it sounds crazy or, 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 or fruit loopish, but it, it really is. I mean, you're, you are not going to receive what you are not ready to receive. Like, we can get it in our own way. Well, that's a message sure. we've been preaching on the podcast for a little while. And, and that's something that I can speak on because yeah, it's somebody that's went to school for a really long time and I have a bunch of degrees and, and I have three years of my PhD. I'm all the dissertation in that. And, um, I, with all of my education and all of my training and all of my preparation, I thought that I would be ready for these positions in life. And then what I had to realize down the road was 
the problem was the reason why I wasn't being successful, why these things weren't coming to fruition is because I wasn't ready, the individual, the person. And then I had to start working on me. And as my personal development came to fruition, as I started to get better and more true to myself, then I became those, the doors started opening for me and I could start walking through them because I was ready to receive them. Yes. And so I agree with you a hundred percent that, you know, being in, in individually ready for whatever opportunities is way more than being prepared. Yes. That's why you jumped in with both feet when you were like, Hey, men's health clinic, let's go. Yeah. And everybody looked at me like, you're a female opening a men's health clinic. That's weird. I was Shopping like, is genius. Yeah, but, you, but you did it in Epic style. So for the audience that don't know, you're going to have to go to a victory men's health clinic. I, I'm going to tell you one, you got to see the atmosphere. You have some of the best decorations and atmosphere all the way down to the silverback lounge is kind of the captain sold me on that <laughs> a silverback lounge is kind of modeled after victory men's health a little bit uh you were definitely an inspiration for the decor in our lounge and our studio space so it oh. feels very similar vibe uh we didn't copy it exactly but it has a definitely a, a victory men's health vibe when Love you walk it. in and uh so it just doesn't smell nearly as good we no. we got it man you said you pump it through the vents yeah please explain that we're gonna have to talk about i'm done to my house like i need <laughs> yeah. a blueprint sent to the house i'll give you my address yeah there's a little machine that attaches to the air conditioning unit and then it pumps the scent through the i mean when I, this building the one other locations i go to are standalone this yeah. is, happens to be in a big office space and because this is headquarters and whatever but as soon as i got off the elevator and i made a left and i was like oh they're here <laughs> yeah it's like oh victory men's health is down there somewhere yes. like yes. i had no idea where yet but i knew Wait, what direction so all locations have the same scent oh yes. yeah that's yes. freaking every genius. time. Yes. Oh yeah, it's it's amazing. Like that's one of they sell candles too. So, so please tell me the scent is called Victory or you know. No, I a- wish. <laughs> <laughs> no, we buy it from a buy it from a company. But I got familiar with that scent because I lived in a hotel for almost a year while we were transitioning homes, and this hotel had that exact same scent, and I had very fond memories of that scent. So because I lived there for a while, I finally asked the GM. I'm like, what's the deal? deal with this scent because they keep that scent close to the vest because they it's like unique to them right I, hotels put a lot of thought into their scent so he was like okay here's the information and so i took i took the scent <laughs> you know it makes so much sense i've done i've done a lot of travel for work and i usually say the ihg brands and they all smell the same you just blew my mind now that all makes sense oh, oh scent is so important that's insane i mean I, i've been into fragrances for more than 10 years yeah and you know how important i i place scent that's why i haven't changed my cologne in <laughs> so five years this is one of the things so i i've been into fragrances for a really long time and for the audience that doesn't know uh fragrances are attached to something called your limbic system and these are where memories are stored and anything that works through your limbic system oh we got phone ring and you want Sorry. me to answer that I'll, I'll get on there and take care of that but uh <laughs> That's all right. Audience, don't worry about it. Mm -hmm. You can uh, answer it later. (laughs) Uh, But it's attached to your limbic system, which means that you get memories stored and associated. And when I first got into fragrances, I was going after anything that smelled good. And so if, and, and I became a collector at one point, I had like 300 fragrances. I was like, when he says collector, he's like a hoarder. I'm not, like. a, a hoarder. Okay. <laughs> it was bad. It was like, if it smelled good, I owned it. You look at it, you're like, oh, you got a problem, you know, I bro. had like, <laughs> I had like the tobacco fragrances, the chocolate fragrances, you know, the, um, Everything. the, the fougers and all this other stuff. And so I got all the way down to like individual perfumers and it, it don't, we, we, <laughs> 
my, the audience doesn't need to it know was this almost, shit. It wasn't healthy. It wasn't healthy. <laughs> but I decided to change that. So I also have a consulting company, and uh, I had a motivational speaking company for a long time. It was terrible. Nobody go look that up. <laughs> don't, don't. It was not good. Uh, it was but bad. It was, it was pretty bad. I've, I listened to a video the other day, actually, uh-huh. and I was like, oh, shit, that's embarrassing. <laughs> you can take that shit down, bro. <laughs> I was like, you gotta go. Uh. Delete. Oh, that's uh-huh. how I about, feel about my podcast. I don't, I can't, I hate listening to myself talk. So oh, it's if, always like, oh. if you heard the beginning episodes of us, oh, now you're so like, bad. what happened to you guys? I get so pissed. And I mean this, like, actually, this is one of the few things that bother me. I will introduce someone to the podcast and they go to episode one. <laughs> I'm like, what is wrong with you? Like, we had 43 episodes to fix this. Start oh like learn to like us first, then go back. That's yeah. that is so funny you say that because <laughs> I met somebody on vacation um, last week and he was like getting ready to start TRT. And so I gave him my phone number. And so he texted me yesterday. He's like, Hey, I'm just diving into this podcast. What episode should I start with? And like episode one was like, you know, top questions about TRT. And I was like, wait, no, I don't want to send him to episode no, one. No, it's like, a horrible idea. Start at episode 15. Yeah, we, we didn't even have the training <laughs> wheels on. We went to our first 10 episodes. We had a single, uh, uh, oh, what was the name? A Blue Yeti USB microphone. Yeah. And sitting in the middle of a table with four people sitting around it. And we were all like talking at the microphone, <laughs> like in the middle of the table. No clue what we were doing. No script. Tons of breaks. You know, we, we fumbled, like literally fumbled. Yeah. I am so grateful for the listeners from the beginning, the ones that started listening. Oh, like, oh man, they have patience and they have a bunch of stuff that I probably need to get from them <laughs> uh, because it wasn't there. But I don't even routinely listen to the podcast. Yeah. So it's like I sh- I'm here. I shot it. I'll edit it. I'll make sure it's clean. But I like hardly ever go back and listen to a show. And the only ones that I do listen to are ones that I'm afraid like it's bad. (laughs) I'm like, oh, man, I really (laughs) fucked that show up. That was so terrible. And then I'll sit down and I'll listen to it because I'm just like, how bad was it? And then I was like, oh, well, Well, maybe it wasn't that bad. That's not too bad. You know, (laughs) I can always edit stuff out for you, buddy. Oh, I know. He's great. (laughs) Clean up my arms. uh, Get rid of all that crap. You think you heard the phone ring now? Wait till you hear the episode. I was kidding. (laughs) I'm leaving it in there. Yeah, we. We actually shoot everything pretty much raw. Like we hit record and just go and whatever fuck ups happen in the middle, we just kind of leave them because we're lazy. And as this and the audience has really responded well to it. Like they don't seem to care. I, well, I think it's 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 genuine. You know, yeah. we're not we're not cutting it to make someone look good or bad. It's that you're we're learning you. the There's the product and the person. Yeah, we're learning the person right now, you know, and, and I, I just I, it's, it's just genuine. Oh, I don't think people realize how hard this is. Like I Oh, so hard. I didn't realize that at the beginning. Like, I got into this. I was like, I'm going to shoot a podcast. I like to talk. Yeah. Hundreds of hours later of research and learning to yes. interview, it's learning to listen. Like these are all techniques that take time to perfect and like to well, really we had, put in the work. We had Boone on and how many books does Boone have? Oh, Boone was a badass. I was so blown away by him when when we had it with this guy named Boone Cutler on. And if you've never heard of Boone, uh, you should probably go back and listen to the episode. Um, he teaches about 5G warfare and all this stuff, but he is absolutely fantastic. And uh, so we were pretty young. I think this was like episode 33. So we hadn't been around too long. Nah, he was in a young, tw- low 20s. And then he comes into the studio and he's very low key. He's very mild mannered. <laughs> And then he gets on the microphone like, and it was switch. like three, two, one. And he just lights up because he 
was a nationally syndicated radio host. Oh, wow. So he was on Fox and all this other stuff. He had his own television show. And wow, when he lit up, it was just, what it was all It was all <laughs> Where'd this dude come from? I was just like, oh, yeah, we got to train a little better. <laughs> <laughs> like, I was very, like, I was impressed. So it, it took us down that modality. But I've been so impressed by what you've done. And then you started a podcast uh, the podcast is uh, Women Want Strong Men. Correct. I love the name of that podcast. Okay, I got to confess something right now. I've listened to that podcast and I had no idea it was you. Oh, really? B- no bullshit. Yay. I had no idea that was you. Yep, that was me. <laughs> I started listening <laughs> wow. to you when I came into Victory one time and I seen the big, uh, I, I don't want to call it a poster. What do you call those stand up? Uh, it's a poster. A poster. <laughs> okay. Yeah, they seen the big poster. They Self-promotion. It's super embarrassing. I walk in and I'm like, oh my gosh. We just need to put a massive photo just, of me. We just need to put a stoned ape sticker on one. Yeah. Like, we just put it in the corner. We like, can do that. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so you started that and then that name really intrigued me because I, I had a bunch of like feelings about that as a whole in your mind what does a strong man mean and why did you choose that name for the podcast yeah so well first off my podcast stuff sat on the counter in there for about a year until I looked at that damn vision board and I was like son of a bitch I have that thing on here this year to get this done I gotta plug this sucker in and and get moving before we have our next manifesting event and i haven't achieved this yet. So it was kind of like the oomph to get it done. Cause to your point, they are just a lot of work and probably underappreciated cause they seem so raw and just light and not scripted, but they, they they are a lot of work, but the title of the podcast, um, I didn't mean for it to be controversial, which, you know, after I named it and created the, the, the logo and the, the cover art and s- stuff, I did get some I've got a lot of positive feedback, but I did have a few people that it rubbed the wrong way, and I definitely didn't intend to do that. Um, what I mean by strong, I don't mean like physically strong. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not talking about you know somebody envisioning a, a bodybuilder. For me, I think I envision my husband. You know, he. I'm a very strong female, alpha female, and sometimes people think alpha is negative, but I'm. I'm just saying I'm like a driver. I'm. I'm type A, I'm probably a lot to handle. Um, and I'm a female running a men's health clinic. We have majority female staff uh, interacting with men. And there's a lot of spouses that would not be okay with that. I dated guys that would not be okay with what I do today. So I was very appreciative to have a spouse that was my biggest cheerleader. You know, he was like, yeah, you, you should do this and I'll invest in it and, and let's go. And he, and he's still that way today. And so, you know, if he was weak and insecure and didn't take care of himself and, and all of that, he wouldn't, he wouldn't support me the way that he does. So when I say the words strong, I mean, a man that's secure, confident, um, wants to uh, elevate the, the individual that they're with and, um, you know, is their biggest cheerleader. So that's where, that's where it came from. And also, I think I, you know, the hashtag me too movement kind of bothered me because uh, people really started stereotyping um, individuals or men. And when I stop and think about, you know, that movement, while some things, yes, were, were definitely wrong, um, you know, I, I think that the men that were maybe doing the things that the women were um, 
this movement kind of got behind were not strong. They were weak men. You know, weak men are the ones that prey on women or that say inappropriate things or that are grab ass at a work event. It's not a strong man. You're not seeing you're, you're not you don't have like a big, confident man behaving that way. So it was kind of all of those things mixed into one. So I think that, you know, women want strong men. You hit on something that that kind of comes close is the fact that he's secure in your in, in your abilities, but he's backed everything you've done. Yeah. People don't understand the the power of having a spouse that will back you 100. Yep. percent I'm also very uh, no no negativity gear driven. Like let's freaking go. I'm no failure option. But my wife says go freaking kill it. Oh, you just gave me second gear. <laughs> get out of my way. Like that's awesome. Nuclear at yeah. that point, you know, it, there, no one understands that, that power yeah. that comes from that. Yeah. Cause if he was insecure and every day would want to know, well, who'd you see at the clinic or how'd that go? Or did any guy say anything to you or any of that? I'm like, sure you're going to, it's going to happen, but yeah. you know, what's interesting is it really doesn't really. And I just feel like one, we obviously really appreciate that, but it's like, there's just, we're in a professional environment. The tone is set and, you know, the men are here because they want to be here. And we really have had very, very few issues, um, which is amazing. Well, you're also taking care of an area of a man that <laughs> is very close to him. So he's like, oh. they can make or break me right now. I, I got such a funny story. I've been saving all podcasts. So I'll tell it here in a little Please bit. Please do it. About, do, do it now. I'm, I'm not going to do it now because I want to say something on what she just said. Okay. Okay, so you know what I'd like to talk to the audience about a little bit about what you said is you, you I am somebody who used to be a chauvinist, self-proclaimed hand of story, and what followed that was insecurity. And then I realized as I started to mature in life that a lot of my chauvinistic views was based in insecurity because I was intimidated by women. And I can talk about my wife now. My wife now is more intelligent than me. She's in, and I'm not a dumb person. Like I told you earlier, I've got three years of a PhD done. I'm a very intelligent person. I'm not genius by any amount, but, um, her computer functions better than mine. And that's intimidating. She's smart. She's well-rounded. Uh, I'm a carpenter, a hobby carpenter, and, um, I've remodeled homes and done a bunch of stuff. Well, she was raised by a dad who was a logger and a woodworker. So she can build like kayaks, like bend the wood <laughs> to the kayak. She can do shit at a level that I couldn't even dream of. And so like when I got with her, it's like all of a sudden she was better at carpentry than me. And she's, you know, more flexible and she's super strong and she's athletic. And it's like all of a sudden to me at the beginning, it was like, I had such an admiration for that but also recognition of like oh i get it i get why so many men shit all over women because they're intimidated by them yeah they're intimidated that this woman might be smarter than me this woman might be more athletic than me this woman might have a better idea than me and they make up for that by over relying on that masculine quote-unquote power that physical ability to like push down to shove down to minimize because them themselves don't feel like they're worthy enough and they only feel like and i'm and i'm speaking for me and i'm sure there's other people in the audience that if they're going to be honest with themselves can relate to this that for me, it was like, as long as I can put that person down, as long as I can put them in their place, then I can be viewed better or I yeah. could try to take their light. And I think that the, one of the, one of the biggest tells for a strong man is when he allows his woman to stand in the light. Yeah. When he's willing to sit in the background and to say, you know what? She's got it. That is the, one of the most confident things that you can do as a man. Yeah. I, uh, 
I officiate weddings on the side. Just oh, just a, so a cool. little fun thing I do. And in my, all my speeches, I literally say, there's no leader in this journey. You each stand side by side, hand in hand. Oh, there's a leader in my journey. She runs. Everything. <laughs> I, uh, well, I, it's usually directed towards a dude because, like you just said, yeah. guys can't break that mentality of alpha. You yeah. can be co-alphas together. Yes. Okay. Strength in numbers. Hardcore. Yeah. <laughs> well, my wife is a lot like you. She's an alpha, and, and so am I. And uh, but I've had to learn to take a second role. Like I, I am number two in our relationship. She is the captain, and I'm just in the boat. There can only be one captain. There can life. only there can only be. We one. have to fight to the death. Well, she's she's a different <laughs> captain. I mean, you're you're. I don't have any good jokes right now, but no. I, I want something. I'll circle it's, back. It's not good. anyway. My husband and I know that we can't like we cannot be both alpha at the same time. Like if something goes south and at an a. I don't know, a, a restaurant or a, you know, whatever it may be. We know, we know that it's like, no, we can both not get frustrated at the exact same time. Probably we give to, it a look like you can have this one. We have to balance each other <laughs> out because we, we know each other like that. But yeah, you know, I've worked in a male dominated environment almost my whole entire career. Like if you go, I was, I was a golfer and then I played college golf, which was back then definitely a male, um, mainly men playing. Now, I, I have a question for you specifically yep. related to this, and I didn't mean to cut you no, off, you're fine. but it's it's the thought that I had, especially with you being, you're a naturally beautiful woman. Um, how much do you think that has played into the challenges that you've faced in that space? Has that been a benefit to you or has that been something that has made it harder for you? Yeah, I think that's actually kind of where I was going because I've been in male dominated fields and right out of uh, college, I... I sold copiers and then I was in uh, medical sales and then, you know, gym space. Anyway, just a lot of male dominated situations. And then here, obviously, um, with an all male patient base. But I don't know if it's the energy that I give out or what. Very few people cross the line with me. Um, but the few that did do something inappropriate or say something in inappropriate when I was working uh, corporately, you know, I felt like that man only exposed to they wore and I wouldn't really even react. It was more like, I like, I'm going to beat you at your own game now. Like it almost gave me motivation. Like I am going to be able to play you like a fiddle Your blood in because the water. I just saw you just, you just showed yourself yeah. and it was like, I instantly knew they were weak at that point. So yeah, it was like, I became the lion, you know, I was like, you, but I didn't have to, re but I didn't have to react. And I think sometimes you see the, the female might react or it might become like a, you know, some, you know, a situation, you know, right then and there. I, I typically just took note and, and maneuvered from there, but, but it didn't happen uh, often, but I, I had a few situations. It's so interesting you say that because my wife has answered the question in a very similar way because she's naturally attractive as well. And uh, in her world, she always said that it would tell her everything that she needed to know about exactly. And then it's like once she got that information, she knew exactly how to use that to her advantage yeah. and how to how to work that situation. But she has been ultimately frustrated by it because it's like she can't be taken seriously. If she walks into a room, like I said earlier, she's smarter than me. She's got a lot of talents that are well above mine. But she's almost dismissed, especially by a male audience, because she's attractive. It's like if you can be attractive, but you can't be smart. You can be attractive, but you can't be talented and know things. It's like men like to put women in this space to where if you're attractive, that's all you can be is just attractive. You yeah. don't, you can't have these other things. Well, I don't think guys have been humbled to that point either, though. Like 
in the fighting world, you know, we we oh, have yeah. sparred. Get beat up by a woman. Once. It, yeah, that'll humble you real quick. Or, but I've done it a few hundred if, times. If you can swallow your pride and allow to be humbled, it, literally anybody you shouldn't be intimidated by. Mm-hmm. Just. Yeah, I mean, I would think I would see that early on in business meetings. We were getting started at first. You know, I'd bring my husband along. We were meeting with the attorneys or whatever it might be, and they would they would look to to him to answer the question or whatever it would maybe, and I'd be like, Woo-hoo, over here, I'm the one doing this day to day. I I got to the point where I was like, no offense, babe, I'm not even sure why you're coming along. You don't you don't do any of it in the day to day, and it's actually probably better if you just don't come to these meetings because frankly it's going to start pissing me off and I can feel myself getting to that point mm-hmm. and I don't yeah. want to be so it's just better if I just you know run the meetings on my own and you know we can just go from there but um you know I don't I don't think I feel that way is as much anymore I feel like when definitely when I was first starting the business people would kind of thought it was laughable or people would you know, laugh about it or think it, it didn't make sense or how was I going to do that? But now I think, um, with the scale that we are and people seeing us on jumbotrons at, at Bush stadium and enterprise center and stuff, they're like, Oh, well, I guess she figured it out. Doing something right. <laughs> yeah. So good for you. That's awesome. Yeah. I love yeah. that. I am really proud of what you've done here. I, I think that you serve as a great example for anyone out there, people in general, but especially women that are looking to you know, enter the, the workforce or to be an entrepreneur and to get into the space of like, you are a, a living example that you can be a powerful woman in a creative space, in a, in a professional space and build something that is truly exceptional. And that, that I think speaks volumes. Agreed. Yeah. Women are beast. I mean, they can handle so much. Just, we're just innately, I think, wired to be able to do so much multitasking and take on so much run the house and run the business and make all the sporting events and do that. Like, I just don't feel like you don't have to miss a beat. You aren't wrong by that. I work in a, uh, well, the business that I own, they own a a section of H&R Blocks. And uh, so it's a primarily accounting and tax industry is mostly a female dominated industry. In fact, I don't even like to hire men, which is is kind of funny. Uh, But I prefer to hire women, especially in the field, but because they are so much more capable than me at multitasking, I try to find compliments. And I feel like in my business, I do the things that I do very well, but there are most of the people that work around me are women and they are there because they do the things that I don't do well. And one of those is multitasking. Yeah. I am a nail driver. If you give me a nail and you're like, I want to put that through the wood, I'm your guy. <laughs> you give me five nails and you say you need that done by the end of the day. And I'm like, oh shit. Oh shit. Oh shit. We are trouble is happening. Trouble is happening. Like that's I'm a delegate, delegate, delegate. Gonna get a bigger but, hammer. But you oh know, my my, my <laughs> operations manager, a shout out to Jennifer. She's one of the best multitaskers I know. Cause she can literally be doing like six, seven, eight things simultaneously and just like incrementally knocking it all out as she's going. And then she just like wraps it all up and she's like, oh, that wasn't that hard. And I'm like, (laughs) what the hell just happened? Well, I do just want to say, I think we have 42 people that work here and there's only two that are men. So, I mean, I just read between the lines. Hey, there's a reason for that. I I tell you what, and it may sound sexist, and I apologize if I offend anyone out there, but I deliberately don't hire men very seldom. It has to be a very specific type of man. It has to be somebody who has very specific skills and qualities that I'm looking for those compliments in. Um, But uh, for the majority of the time, the best workers in, in my industry and in my experience in our geographical area, I have gravitated toward hiring women because they've just been 
been better workers in that space. Now, you know, maybe if I was in a construction industry or something like that, that yeah. would be different. But in a business office environment, um, they just excel. Their ability to multitask, their ability to work with people, to have empathy, to have nurturing and understanding, to be able to teach, to educate, to be able to communicate ideas and, and things across the board, to be able to rationalize. There's a They seem to have a better sense about like being able to read people, being able to read situations. You know, I'll walk into a room or a meeting and, and I'll, I'll get a vibe from it. And then all of a sudden, the two or three people that I'm working with, it'll be like, oh, did you see this? Did you see that? Did you see this? And it's it's like, no, what does that mean? And then they'll like interpret it for me. And I was like, oh, okay. Like, you know, these little cues, verbal cues and, and physical cues that I would have just looked over that I, I feel like I said, I look for compliments. I'm a stronger business owner because I'm surrounded by competent people. Well, when we first opened, you know, going back seven, eight years, the competitors, the other men's clinics were only men working there. Okay, well, we got to talk about that because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make fun of you a little bit. <laughs> I'm not going to make fun of you. I guess I'm going to pick on a strategy that you've done that I think is uh -oh. genius. It's genius. But <laughs> it, it might not even be a strategy. It might just have naturally happened. It probably is. It? Still it genius. It probably is. <laughs> so the one thing, and I've said this on the podcast before, so this is nothing new for audience, just new for you because I've never said it to you. Um, but one of the things that is so intimidating for me uh, as a guy who is, traditionally been unsuccessful with women and I'm not much of a ladies man by any stretch of the imagination. And so I've always been kind of intimidated by beautiful women. And it seems like every woman that works at Victory Men's Health is a, a very attractive woman. Now they're all competent professionals, yep. thank God. Um, but they are very attractive. And when I did the situation uh, where I went through the ED, I ended up, you have two therapies here that I was interested, in, which was the wave therapy yep. and the pee shot, the papaya yep. shot, uh, which I do want to talk to you about the pee shot later, because okay. that is something that I'm still very interested in doing from like a biohacking standpoint. Yep. But uh, I decided to uh, sign up for the wave therapy and oh my goodness, <laughs> I, okay. So I go into this room and they've got this like ultrasound wand thing going on. And what they do is they rub a uh, numbing cream and a jelly on you. Okay. So you're like, don't get hurt. <laughs> oh, no, no. Uh, well, you know, well, you're there because it's not. So right. like, I guess in a way you're kind of hoping, but right. you know, it's going to be awkward if it happens. Right. You know? And so this whole estrogen thing was real. You're like, do I want it or don't I want right. it? Low, low estrogen. Don't make a, eye contact. Or right, I look on the ground. Yeah. Low estrogen <laughs> was rough. My hands. But yeah. So the, the girl walks in and she's, gorgeous and i'm like oh, why can't it why can't you be like a 300 pound 80 year old dude like somebody that i've never want to see again in my life like why do you have to be a beautiful woman doing this like it was so terrifying <laughs> and i was just like looking around like i couldn't want to make eye contact and then she's talking to me the whole time so professional so good at her job she's just like yeah, wanding me doing her thing, you know, and she's just holding a conversation about like what her and her husband did last weekend and all this stuff. And I was just like, I just really wish I wasn't here right now. Like I didn't want to even be in the space. I was, I was as red as your shirt. It was absolutely terrible. But yeah. so you need to have, so here's my suggestion for some services and some clients, you need to just have one really ugly dude. <laughs> and then you just need I, to invite him in when it's like, I could I would opt in for like Uncle George. So you would let a male do that procedure on you? It, for me, because I'm so terrified of women, and, and that's been my experience most of my life. I think I would have been much more comfortable if it would have been a dude. It'd have been a lot more awkward if you got a boner while he was doing it, though. Maybe I don't know. I was in the <laughs> army. I'm not. 
I'm ex-military, man. I'm not Sorry sure for inappropriate times. I apologize. I'm not sure that's going to be awkward. Well, we warned because, her. Because the feedback has been that whenever the guys do sign up for that, they actually say, now I want a female you know, doing that. Like oh. I, it's, it's not, it's, it's not doctor, is it? Or, I, you know, something like that. I said everything I do in good fun. I truthfully have the utmost respect for your facility and all the people that work here. And it's such professionals. And I trusted every stage of that process. And I actually got great results from that. Um, you know why? Nitric oxide. Yeah. It, it's, it gets your body to produce nitric oxide. So I had unintended benefits out of that. Uh, and I know it's not necessarily billed as part of it, but I experienced growth as a result yep. of that. I, I experienced erection quality changes. Uh, I felt very much more youthful to the point where like that is the reason why I wanted to talk to you about the P shot is now these are things that I'm not doing to correct anything I want to do is like a biohack. Yeah. Like I wanted like a, a like a yearly checkup. Like, yeah. hey, let's just go a couple of sessions and make this a little bit better well, now. Well, yeah. If for sure on both of them, but wave is definitely a biohack. So wave therapy, for those that don't know, is basically sound wave energy that breaks up the calcium and plaque that line the vessels of the arteries so that the blood can flow. As the blood swishes through those arteries, it produces, guess what? Nitric oxide. Okay. So that you have a better blood flow and a stronger erection and a larger erection. So that's why you're, you're, you're seeing all those things because you are basically getting back that vascular health that you had lost. And it's also kind of like a use it or lose it type thing. You know, once, once your uh, erection quality starts to diminish and those, you know, it's not getting as large and as firm, those blood vessels aren't being used the way they used to. So this helps like restore that back. Wave therapy is definitely the biggest breakthrough um, in erectile dysfunction since Viagra was launched. So wave therapy is phenomenal. And then the Priapis shot or the P shot uh, that it's short for is basically you take your own blood and you spin it down and you only pull out uh, the plasma rich platelets and you reinject that back into the body. Now, this is being used um, in knees and hips and you see it with the vampire facial um, and aesthetics all over the place. We just happen to reinject it back in the penis. OK, um, so for the same reasons, getting That's your the body part to, I'm scared of. to regenerate the reinjection. Part. Yes. Yeah. Um, our team does a really good job. They can do a block, but from the feedback has been from the guys that the block, like the pelvic block, is actually more discomfort than just doing it. Um, so if we do use a really small needle, but I know that sounds very terrifying. Do you have extra small for him? <laughs> it's fine. Small no, dick I joke. Had the, I small had dick the, joke. I had, I had the wave therapy. It's fine now. <laughs> Uh, yes. that, that actually worked. It was kind of amazing. I like it's, how she smiled. Help, that's, yes. that's supposed to be part of the P-shot, too. It's supposed to actually grow Yes. up to a half inch. Yeah, and then we do send you home with uh, a vacuum device, a penis pump. Now you that's see why a, I want it? That's mm -hmm. another yeah. biohack. Guys should be doing that. Yeah. Penis pumping. Yeah. <sighs> Use it or lose it. Really? Yep. I've heard so many bad things about that. That's a what? real thing? Are they doing it wrong? What did you hear about? I don't know. I'm sure this is all like porn bro related. science. It's bro science. <laughs> I told you it was bad. It's bro Everyone. porn. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I've always just heard, I guess, like in the military and stuff like that, I guess it's just rumors. Like, you know how we, before the internet, we had just like common knowledge that was all wrong? Yeah. I guess this is like one of those things where somebody, They said. They said. They told me. That, I, I agree. You know, and I'm sure our sources aren't the same, but they said. They said. Right. that Yeah, that a penis pump would actually break you and like it, it causes a. Uh, 
uh, weaker erections over time by breaking up the blood vessels and all that stuff. Like I've always been kind of terrified of that. No. And that has been one of the holdbacks for me. And I'm glad we're talking about this because I've been wanting to do the P shot for a minute. One, it's, it's a little on the expensive side. Yes. Um, I did the six sessions of the wave therapy and I absolutely loved it. That I felt like that reversed the clock on my, my penis health, like about 10 years. Like I went from being a 40 year old male to like back. We in should my, start like, using that. Is the tagline reverse your penis health? I like <laughs> reverse it. the clock on your penis. Reverse we it. Need yeah. We need to copyright this episode. We're giving her so many gold nuggets. Call it like cock clock. Your biological <laughs> age is 47 and your penis age is 25. <laughs> I mean, it would work for me. There, there's nothing wrong with that. We can go that direction. Uh, so the P shot, though, is. Uh, it's a little bit on the expensive side, but then the part of the recovery has been the penis pump. Yes. And I have been hesitant because I've always been under the impression. It's like, how can this thing that's good for you also be damaging to your body? So let's talk about the penis. Well, pump so thing. basically the, the wave therapy and the P shot, you can think of it, I guess, similar to what you're saying with, with the, with the penis pump, you do have to create that trauma to your body to regenerate. That's what your body needs to send the blood cells and to send the healing factors and the growth factors to that area to heal and regenerate. So yeah, your body is kind of being tricked into thinking that there's that it needs to send uh, all its energy there. Okay. Um, so, but the penis pump, I mean, it works fantastic for kind of similar reasons that I said, uh, wave therapy works, you know, uh, you bring in full blood flow to that area. I mean, you will be very, very impressed with how large your penis gets uh, with the penis pump, by the way. Now you said <laughs> use it or lose it. Can you please ex well, describe? You, know, you, you have to use it's it, it. Your penis is not a muscle, but it's similar to a muscle, right? That if, if you're not lifting weights or you're not using it, it's going to get smaller. I mean, there, those blood vessels have to be engorged and have blood flow for you to maintain your size and strength of your erection. If, if you're not using it, you're not going to. So the penis pump takes it, you know, I don't want to say to extreme, but it takes it to its max potential because of that vacuum suction that it's using. Um, and it works. Interesting. The more you regenerates. know. I feel like this is going to be a stone ape segment at some point <laughs> in the future. We're going to be talking about like proper ways to use a penis pump. Yes. Yes. And you can bring in all the sizes. You can, you can analyze them for your listeners because there's. All right. We're going to schedule. There's number, number two podcast after this small, one. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to talk her into hooking me up with a P shot and then I'll give you the rundown on the penis <laughs> pump thing. So, but, uh, no, that's all very fascinating. I'm really glad you brought that up. And I wish that I'll tell you what, I'm glad we're talking about this on the podcast. Cause I wish that there are some things in men's spaces that don't get talked about enough, not just men's health, but especially men's sexual health. And I really wish that we could begin the conversation and normalizing men's sexual health, because that is an area that when I, when I experienced ED the first time, when I had that initial drop in, in my estrogen and it caused all those problems, I wanted to kill myself. Like it made me suicidal. It was the most devastating thing that yeah. I, I tell people all the time. They say, you have PTSD? And I said, yeah, my PTSD from ED is way worse than it ever was from Iraq. Like, and I mean wow. that. It, my, yeah. my, my PTSD that I suffered as a result of erectile dysfunction is worse than any PTSD that I experienced in Iraq. Um, now, I haven't had as bad of a tour as a lot of people out there. I haven't suffered, you know, losing friends and stuff like that. But it was... It was absolutely traumatizing as a man and the the unhealthy 
perceptions that I had put on myself and expectations that I put on myself about sexuality and how badly I beat myself up. I mean, I destroyed myself over that. And to be Mm -hmm. able to come to a clinic like yours, to be able to have educated people to talk to, people that had resources that also, and you guys didn't just fix me with wave therapy. You said, you know what? We've done the blood work. We've looked at all of this. We don't think that this is a physical issue anymore. By the way, you have a mental issue. Because what happened was is I had a physical ED episode caused from the low estrogen. But once you have that, what people don't tell you is once you experience that, it's in your head. Oh, yeah. You go from something that's never now not worked. Yeah. yeah, it's never not worked. And then all of a sudden it doesn't. Well, that's a mind fuck. And now you can't get rid of that. So it becomes this mental issue. And then you guys, you helped me find mental resources. You helped me to get the therapy that I needed to like redo that. Shout out to Mojo. Um, Anybody out there that's experiencing anything like that, there's an app called Mojo. Uh, They specialize in men's mental ED treatment. It also happens to be one of the best mental health apps I've ever found. Um, I used that therapy for a very long time to not just reset uh, erectile dysfunction that was mentally caused, um, but to eliminate anxiety in so many areas of my life. Um, But I really do think and I wish that this could be a conversation that men would start having more because there's a ridiculous amount of men that suffer from ED that if that was public knowledge, people wouldn't be in the situation like I was. I thought I was alone. Yeah. And they don't want to talk about it because you guys directly correlate it with your manhood. Hence, probably why you were so you took it so hard and it, 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 impacted you so much with the depression and stuff because you have it directly linked to who you are as a man and i've kudos to you for talking about it because i've only had one other person on my podcast talk about it um that he did the wave therapy he was a patient um of ours and but he served a 20-year prison stint wrong wrongfully convicted of murder and he developed erectile dysfunction in prison he talks about like coming from that prison setting out it was like a total like it was extremely difficult and he could not get his erections back so he came to us for wave therapy but he openly talked about it on my podcast and um you know i thought that was great because to your point, not a lot of men are like openly talking about it. And there's a lot of different scenarios uh, why it can happen. So it is, it's a multifaceted thing. Yeah. It can be physical, it can be mental and the mental, I think may be worse than the physical. Oh yeah. And to the, if there's women listening or, uh, you know, it's a man that can talk to their female, if this happens, if a man loses their erection or has erectile dysfunction during, you know, a, a sexual encounter, do not point it out. Do not call it out because it is just going to snowball from there. That's, it becomes the only thing that they can think about. And then it, it, it snowballs into something that it's not. So I think women want to be quick to be like, what, what just happened? Am I not attractive? Are you sleeping around? Do you not, do you not want to be with me? What did you just watch porn? Like we're, now we're like, not even counting what's going through his head. Yeah. We're spiraling here. And the oh, guys yeah. are like, no, no, no. <laughs> Both partners simultaneously spiral in different directions. Yes. And it's a very challenging on a relationship. It's one that, uh, that I had to learn. It takes communication. Once at the beginning, I wanted to hide it. 
So what I did is I ran from it. It was like I was embarrassed of it. No, this isn't happening. I rejected. This isn't going on. This isn't real. This was a fluke. Something bad happened. I just started making excuses. And then I would just ignore it. So like if we would be in a situation like that, and like you said, you know, I'd lose an erection or I was having trouble uh, getting an erection or something like that, I would, I would ignore it or I would deviate. And then I found myself avoiding it. Like I started to try to avoid sexual situations because I was too scared to want to enter them. And it wasn't until I started talking about it. It wasn't until I finally got to that space and I said, you know, I'm going to own this and I'm just going to be open and like explain to her like, hey, this is what's going on. And uh, then she got on my team. And then it was like, now I'm going to help you. Now we can figure out how to do this. Yes. Now we need to talk to the clinic. Let's look at this wave therapy. Oh, yeah. Okay. It looks like you're right. Everything physically is functioning fine now, but you still have this mental issue going on. Now we need to go get the therapy. She, my, my partner joined me in my therapy. She helped me through it. We had engaging conversations. And this was something it took several years to work through. This was not an overnight fix. It took me probably two years, uh, the better part, to get through and and then finally getting to the other side. And I will say even being on the other side, it's such a mental thing that one or two hiccups, I could very easily have to go back into the struggle of it. But at least now I know the resources and the tools to, to get myself into that space. And, uh, but yeah, no, I think that this is a conversation that more men need to have openly because this affects kids that are in their 20s. Yeah, this affects people that are in their 70s and 80s. Every man at some point in his life is going to have to deal with this. And if they're and if we don't get more open about it, if we don't get more open about normalizing it, what's going to happen is everybody is going to do like what I did. They're going to get to that point in their life to where they're going to have this situation and they're going to do something terrible. They're either going to hurt themselves. They're going to get super depressed. They're going to hurt someone else. They're going to get reclusive and remove themselves from whatever life situation that they're in, you know, and be and, and those are not healthy healthy responses to something that is completely normal. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes we'll prescribe um, Viagra or the Trimix to guys that are, you know, just going through like some mental hurdles. It's like you, we have to just get you past this because you're in your own head so much right now. Like you need, you know, a a fallback plan here. So if you're like starting to stress about it, you know, use one of these two things so you can get, we can get you out of that space. The Levitra for me was a, was a big savior. And, and I never tried the daily Cialis uh, just because I like cost. Uh, but uh, I And then did. we have the combo pill, which is half Viagra, half Cialis. Oh, really? It's a chewable, which is it's awesome. Yeah. Oh, fair. Yeah, I, I've been doing the Levitra for several years now. And uh, that was, that's my one of choice so far. Yeah. But I don't think I've ever tried Viagra. I think I tried Cialis and it gave me heartburn. And well, and different things work for different people. You know, there's a reason why yeah. there's multiple on the market. And it's like, do you drive like a Ford truck or a Chevy truck? I don't know. Everybody has a different preference. So Levitra just might work with your genetic makeup better. So. Well, fair. Well, I'll tell you what, we are going to definitely have to have you on the show again. We, Agreed. We've already talked for an hour and 40 minutes. Oh, wow. Time has flown. Yeah. Or maybe one of my providers, if you want to get more in the weed on the medical side of things. Oh, you know, I, always... I think so. I think follow-up episodes that we do, we can get in more detail about some of these services and the science behind it. And in just, and again, you know, just keep talking and expanding it. I think for us and our audience is 
you're a local business that provides hormone therapy. Um, we want to make sure that people that listen to us that are in the local area have access to good quality edu uh, education and healthcare. And if you're not in this local area, then you need to be searching providers and you can use Victory Men's Health as a benchmark because I stand behind what you do. I believe in what you guys are doing, obviously, or I wouldn't continue yes. to be a client. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so I, you know, this is from personal experience uh, that I, I enjoy this facility. I enjoy the healthcare that I receive here. I enjoy the treatment options that I get here. Um, and so anybody that's out there, if you're on the fence about uh, considering looking into hormone therapy, I highly recommend it. Um, there's a lot of nuances on it. I would recommend that you please educate yourself. I think the TRT uh, Hormone and Optimization Board on Facebook is a great place to go. They're on YouTube as well. Um, you should educate yourself as much as possible. Not all providers are created equal. Right. And this is a space where, unfortunately, there's a lot of bad information that exists in what should be professional spaces. And uh, it's hard to find a quality provider, but Victory Men's Health is definitely a quality provider and you come highly recommended and I appreciate what you're doing. Thank you. I appreciate you guys traveling all the way to Illinois to see you. Wanna, you want to plug your podcast and everything else you got going on, your social medias? Oh, yeah. The, so the podcast is Women Want Strong Men. Uh, my Instagram is something stuttle because I was originally trying to hide myself on Instagram. <laughs> now I'm like, I probably should just actually put my name on there. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, something uh, stuttle. And then our website's Victory Men's Health. And then if you're just interested in the ED medications, it's Victory RX. And that's just a text platform. So if you want the medications, you just text us and um, uh, fill out an intake form and we ship it directly to your house. You never have to come in on the VictoryRx.com. Easy peasy. So, yeah. Oh, so they can do that with a little bit of like uh, not being so embarrassed, huh? Yep. yep. Oh, so I was just thinking, man, that's great. Yep. And it's yeah. all text, all the the payment, the the intake form, everything. Oh, amazing. Well, thank you again for joining us on the podcast today. You have no idea how much I appreciate this. I know you're a very busy person and it took us a little while to get one scheduled yes. and on the books. And, uh, and But I am so glad to finally be here. Uh, hopefully this is the first of many and that we can learn to develop a really good relationship uh, moving forward. So if you're out there in the audience and you are still listening, go ahead and click that subscribe button, then hit that notification bell so that you don't miss future episodes. We drop every episode, hopefully Friday at 420 because we like weed that's what we do <laughs> but if we don't get it out by friday at 4 20 i've also gave myself a little bit of wiggle room so we promise saturday by midnight because sometimes life happens but we appreciate you guys so much we thank you for listening i appreciate the loyal listeners out there especially the ones that we have all over the world uh, i still need a shout out we got a couple of hundred listeners out there in france i'll tell you what if you are listening in france right now uh, or anywhere in that general area why don't you reach out to the stone dates podcast I'd like to learn a little bit more about uh, how you discovered us and what you were doing. And, uh, and I'll throw you some swag and give you some gifts and prizes for doing so. I'd really appreciate that. I want to take a moment and thank our sponsors. A big thank you to Malevolent Art Tattoo Studios out of Barnhart, Missouri. That is Anthony Ferguson, our man over there. If you guys are in the market for a new tattoo, I think you should go see 
uh, Anthony and his team of highly qualified professional artists. If you want to go in for a great experience, they have a beautiful shop. It's clean. It's sanitary. They have a wonderful group of artists that come up there that they will walk you through your tattoo. You're going to be able to explain to them your idea. You're going to, they'll be able to tell you whether that idea is going to work or why it won't work, or they're going to give you suggestions to be able to lead you into the right direction to make sure that you get a tattoo that you are happy with, that you're proud of, and one that is going to last you for a lifetime. So make sure that you mention the stoned apes when you reach out to them. Their contact information will be found down in the description, and you will get $50 off any half-day booked appointment. So that is Malevolent Art Tattoo Studio out of Barnhart, Missouri. Again, make sure you go see Anthony Ferguson and his wonderful team. They will be excited to see you. As for this episode, we are going to go ahead and wrap it up here. I appreciate you guys very much to all of our fans, and the stoned apes are out.